Hello, and welcome to Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast, where we are learning to turn our eating habits into a spiritual practice. I'm Sensei. I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, my supporters, my clients, and my students. Without your support, I simply couldn't do what I do. I'm excited about today's episode, so with no further ado, let us begin. And welcome back. Today we're talking about eating your way to enlightenment. It's kind of a funny notion, isn't it? Well, maybe after you listen to this, you won't think so. I've been asked several times and people have inquired with me about how it is that I came to this notion about spiritual eating practice, turning the act of eating into an actual life practice. And there are a number of reasons for this, not the least of which is I believe that what one consumes and how they consume it directly impacts at least one particular aspect of awareness, and that is the experience, the biological experience, the physiological experience. And though, as I've always said, we are not what we experience, that is what sense data presents to us, we are not what the sensory data presents to us, Nonetheless, the impact of that sense data does influence as a condition, not as a cause, but as a condition, the effect of the experience of being. I hope you understand that. And insofar as this is true, I began to think about my own process and why food, the types of food, and how to eat food were so important to my own process and what it opened up for me. So I would say that what I arrived at and what kind of sparked this endeavor, this podcast, and the content therein, Historically, there have been many spiritual traditions and religious traditions who have, uh, on the one hand, lightly addressed eating, meaning they've restricted certain things for certain reasons, and all the way up to the other end of, you know, quite deep sciences behind, you know, different vibrations of food, medicinal use of food, all of these things. And so the idea of food playing some role in one's spiritual development is not new. This is what I mean to say. What is different, and what I do believe that I am establishing for the first time, is the very notion of eating yourself into enlightenment. Now, there is some precedent for this. 
in consciousness. And what do I mean? Well, let's take martial arts, for example. I've been practicing martial arts my whole life. And many people, and I would include myself in this, have used martial arts not only as a means of learning self-defense and exercise and building community, all of these wonderful things, but also as a tool, in the case of some individuals, the exclusive tool to reach a certain depth of consciousness, meaning it is a spiritual practice. And outwardly, it may look like just exercise or self-defense or this or that thing. But for that individual, the intention, the reason why they persist in that practice is deeply tied to their spiritual journey. So this is only to say that there is plenty of precedent for taking physical movement, combined with a certain type of intention to develop and experience a certain state of consciousness. On many levels, this is even true about yoga, right? I mean, Pantanjali said that yoga is meant to help still the mind. In another example, sacred architecture, sacred art, sacred geometry, there are artists who, in history, and even presently, create beautiful pieces of art, whether it's painting, sculptures, whatever the case may be, exclusively to point our consciousness and our awareness to something deeper, greater, something spiritual. And so it's common to see, for example, probably in Western culture, one of these pieces would be Jesus on the cross. Yes, it's symbolic of a particular religious tradition, but the piece itself goes far beyond any limitation that the religion itself may impose on that imagery. There are often many depictions of Buddhas and what are called bodhisattvas, enlightened beings, all over, everywhere. You see them all the time. Again, it's a reminder, a call to something deeper. Calligraphy, and it goes on and on. So my point is, is that there is precedent in consciousness, in human awareness, for taking something that may not necessarily be seen as exclusively spiritual or religious and using that medium as a way to enlightenment, self-realization, cultivating compassion. And so as I surveyed history in my own life and just kind of looking around at where we are in the world and how divisive it is on every level, culture, 
politics, you name it. It just seems that we live in a very divisive time. And so as I reflected on this deeper and deeper and I meditated on this, I thought, well, what is the one thing that everyone agrees we must do, but maybe not agree how we do it? (laughs) And that was eating. And so you may have a particular cuisine that you like to eat, and it's fine. You can do that. So you'll note that in my podcast, I rarely ever talk about eating a specific cultural cuisine. I leave that to you. I want you to have the freedom to go into your kitchen and make the types of food that you enjoy eating. My emphasis, and I'm unwavering on this, is that I focus on plant-based. Plant-based as the, the paradigm, as a foundation from which the other things spring. So within that broad parameter, then what you decide to eat is up to you. But this notion of eating yourself to enlightenment, food. When one reflects upon the complexity of what is involved in providing food for humanity, if you follow the chain, and this is what I did, literally start from how food is produced by the earth and following how that is cultivated, maintained by human beings all the way through the chain of how it's uh, stored and ultimately reaches a store to which you ultimately buy, to which you ultimately take home and prepare and eat. Or we can take another common scenario that you go to a restaurant and you sit down and eat or drive through. It doesn't matter. If you take any instant of consuming food and walk yourself through what it actually took for that food to get to your mouth, (laughs) it's an extraordinary thing. And in that process, you will discover, as I did, a great deal of beauty and a great deal of harm. You will discover how food can bring people together or it can divide people. You can see the gratitude that you have when you have eaten a good meal. You can see the gratitude of when you prepare a good meal for someone else. There's not a single part of human existence, is what I'm saying, that the act of eating food is excluded from. I know that sounds like a radical statement. And it is. But it's also true. The psychological, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual aspects of the human experience 
are all connected, all touched, all intertwined with the act of eating. And this is the first thing that you have to realize in order for your practice to begin to blossom. We have to move beyond this very limited understanding of food just being something to satiate your hunger. This is part of why the world is in the situation that it is. But when we transcend this, when we rise above to say, wow, can I eat my way into greater understanding, cultivating compassion, connecting with the earth, being concerned in a real tangible way about other sentient beings? And the answer is yes. And my podcast is here to help facilitate that understanding and facilitate a way into which you can make this concrete, make it tangible in your life. Eating your way to enlightenment. Think about that. And it really is not an absurd thought if you think it from this angle, which is something that also came to me. I thought to myself, people eat themselves into depression. People eat themselves into anxiety. People eat themselves into disease. People eat themselves into death. So why can't that same phenomenon be implemented in such a way that we can eat ourselves into self-realization or enlightenment? Well, this requires us to transcend concepts and this is difficult to do if you really have a sense of self because you say, well, you know, the role of religion is to do that or spirituality is to do that. And, you know, this thing is for this thing only, right? That type of thinking is only due to attachments that you have. The distinctions that we make between this and that or the other thing are all in the mind. So because I was able to transcend those attachments to concepts, meaning, you know, if you want to learn how to do this, the only way to do it is through this way. No. In fact, we can take something that is an everyday necessity. This is the next point that I realized that because eating food is a necessity, it will be much more difficult for one to be completely detached from their practice or to decide that that's only for Sunday or Friday or some particular day or holiday. No. Each and every time you eat food, each and every time you buy food, you prepare food, you store food, The consciousness is tied to the practice. 
it's far more difficult to say, well, I don't have time to eat. <laughs> because at some point, even if that's what you tell yourself, you will eat. You absolutely will eat. And so what I've done is just taken something that is a necessity of biological continuance, let's say, eating, and tied it to something that could lead to something greater. And what a joyful way to do it. Through eating? Come on. It can't get better than that. Now, having said that, it does require a discipline. It does require an awareness. It does require a commitment. And there are many people that I've met in my life who, for one reason or another, have all these, you know, a laundry list of complaints about religion and spirituality. I don't like the hierarchy. I don't like being preached at. I don't like being told, uh, you know, who I should associate and who I should not associate with. And on and on and on and on. Okay, no problem, I say to that. So let's talk about food. How about you spiritualize your eating habits? Ah, now what objections are there? Well, I can tell you, usually it's the what I've called before the four horsemen. Culture, habit, tradition, and taste buds. These are what come up all the time. Well, you know, I don't want to do that, Sensei, because, you know, I really enjoy this, that, and the other, and I work hard, and, you know, like, if I want to eat this, that, or the other thing, um, that's kind of like my reward. And my response to that often is like, have you ever considered that your reward is another being's punishment? Your reward is another being suffering. And when I say beings, it could be animals, it could be workers, it could be the earth, it could be your loved ones or yourself. But you would never give this any type of real consideration if, in fact, you are attached to these desires. You're attached to these four horsemen. Well, you know, we're Irish, so this is what we do. We're Italian, this is what we eat. We're Latino, African-American, whatever, right? All of these attachments to taste buds and culture, habit and tradition, All of these are just attachments. Excuses for you not being able to take the lowest hanging fruit, that is, eating, to expand and deepen your awareness, to learn to connect with humanity, with the earth, with other beings in a way that right now you are not able to do. Eating your way to enlightenment. Eating 
what we eat and how we eat becomes the practice. No hierarchy, no one telling you to go to so-and-so service, no one telling you that uh, you have to pray or you have to meditate. No one's doing that. So for those of you who are perhaps anti-organized religion or spirituality, here's your way. And for those of you who have a particular tradition, I am a practicing Buddhist. Even if you have a tradition, this practice will enhance your practice of your own tradition, your understanding of your own tradition. I guarantee it. It'll give you kind of another insight that is, you know, on many levels primal. Because you think about the types of things that human beings have done and will do when they're starving. And I know what it's like to be hungry. (laughs) I know what it's like not to have food. And I know the types of thoughts that go through your head, justifications that arise for you to act out of character or do something that you might later regret. I know what it's like to be that hungry. And I also know what it's like to have overcome those because of a certain depth of consciousness. I know what that's like. So I want to share this with you, and I hope that you just take from today this little nugget, eating your way to enlightenment. It'll make you smile seems a little bit peculiar, but as you think through it, and I want to give you this exercise, the next time you eat or as you're eating now, just take whatever it is that you're eating or drinking, coffee, oatmeal, whatever it is you're eating, and walk yourself back through the process of how you think that that actually got to you what was involved, who was involved, even if some of it is imaginary, meaning that you don't know for sure. Trust your intuition. Be adventurous. And what you'll find is that you'll say, wow, and my part in this goes far beyond just consuming because when I purchase this, I'm saying I want more of that activity not just more of what you're eating or drinking, but I want more of what is entailed with bringing this into my present awareness. And that is a deep, heavy, heavy thought. If you'd like some assistance with this, please go to Plant Powered Buddhist. Leave me a message, and I'll be sure to contact you as soon as I can. 
The podcast is great because it allows for me to reach a larger audience, but I also understand that some people want or desire individual or group experience. And so I do offer that up. And for now, just let this marinate in your consciousness, eating your way to enlightenment. Until next time, peace and blessings.